0: Catherine Zox, your social worker with a microphone, and you're listening to The Catherine Zox Show. Joining me today is Gloria Felt, author of Intentioning, Sex, Power, Pandemics, and How Women Will Take the Lead for Everyone's Good. In the wake of Two pandemics that shook our world to its core and revealed deep fault Mm -hmm. lines in our culture. New York Times bestselling author Gloria Felt shows how we can seize the once-in-a-lifetime opportunity created by massive disruption to build back stronger with women at the center of the recovery. Through the lens of women's stories, we learn a fresh set of leadership tools, skills, and concepts that help women reach their own highest intentions, purposefully creating new norms while guiding institutions to break through the remaining barriers to gender, gender, and racial parity. She urges all who identify as women of all diversities and intersectionalities to embrace their personal and collective power to lead with intention confidence, and joy. She's a former CEO and president of Planned Parenthood. She's been featured in the Washington Post, Forbes, Time, Fast Company, Vanity Fair, and and much more. Welcome to the show, Gloria. Nice to have you here. Thank you, Catherine. Thank you for having me. Well, I think that intro sort of sums up your, it doesn't sum up your life's work, but sums up a lot of what you have to say, right? In the book, it's exciting. <laughs> Uh, My first question, though, Gloria, is this is 2021 and we are still struggling, still struggling to be who we want to be, to make an impact, to be powerful. We've had centuries of sort of taking, you know, second place, second class citizens.
1: Why is it taking so long? You know, what's interesting, Catherine, is that we actually, as it turns out, do have the power but because of exactly the dynamics that you described, sometimes we don't know it. Sometimes women don't know the power that we actually have. And I, you know, I, when I wrote the previous book, No Excuses, Nine Ways Women Can Change How We Think about Power, that led me to start my organiz- nonprofit organization take the lead, I, I discovered that actually we have opened doors, we have changed laws, and we've seen a woman first, almost everything. And the business case is very clear that companies with more women in their leadership make more money. Um, women have the power of the purse; we make the purchasing decisions for about eighty-five percent of everything that is that is bought and sold. We have been earning fifty-seven percent of the college degrees for decades now, and I think we have the power of timing. Also, frankly, I you know so, but sometimes you don't know that you have this power because you haven't been taught how to embrace it, how to know what value you bring, and how to articulate that. And intentioning is the next level of helping women embrace their power and use it in order to elevate our own intentions for leadership. Because, you know, you have to want to lead. You have to see yourself in a leadership position. And you have to have the the tools that you need to get there. So that's what my book, Intentioning, is all about.
0: And in the book you say, and I think that's the key, obviously embracing your power and uncovering yourself. I think that's the most difficult thing for women to do because you're saying we do have power, and you just pointed out a, in a whole a slew of areas where we have a lot of power and we've achieved a lot, etc., but we don't feel the power and we don't define ourselves as powerful and we let other people define us as not powerful. So we got to get rid of all of that, right?
1: <laughs> exactly, exactly. And and it's not easy. And uh, I thank you for for actually identifying the first of the nine leadership intentioning tools in the book, which is uncover yourself. Women have been, and this is another part of the reason why we haven't always achieved what we really have the capacity to achieve. In, and, and I think the, particularly the, the focus that you have with uh, the work that you do with people, this is particularly salient. It, it's, it's not hardwired. It is all culturally learned. And women are still socialized first to think about what other people think about us. And so that puts the locus of power outside of us. And we have to spend some time in our lives taking the locus of power back inside that there's some work that has to be done to get there. And we have been operating in a culture and in organizations that were designed by men for men. And the, for example, the businesses that people work in today were designed, the structures were designed by men for men, 250 years ago, basically stuff hasn't, it hasn't changed. The basic structure hasn't changed. And at that time, The the men were in charge of everything, and the women were home taking care of the kids, right? And so that's not how people live anymore. It's not even functional anymore. And in an economy that's based on brains, not brawn, it's even more important for women to step up and take their fair and equal share of leadership roles across every sector, every profession, and every business. I will say in
0: your book and also in your experiences, you have. We can. I like to get specific in terms of putting a face on these women who have done that, who do this, who we can look to um, as leaders. Who are some of these women who have been able to do uh, what? What all you know have the intentions and are able to accomplish what you talk about in the book?
1: Yes. Well, I mean, you know, we all. It always starts with oneself, right? They say you write the book you need to read, but when I conceptualized. Intentioning, I knew that I wanted to create these leadership tools around the stories of women because I've been so inspired and I've learned so much from women in my own life. the The tool in in uncover yourself is based on both my personal experience and also on the story of uh, Debbie um, Debbie Sterling, who founded the girls' toy company called Goldie Blocks. And if you're not familiar with Goldilocks, if you, if, especially if you have a girl between, oh, I'd say probably three and 12 years old in your life, you're going to want to get her some Goldilocks toys to play with. They're engineering toys for girls to help girls learn how to, the joy of making things and building things and designing things. And, 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 and Debbie's hope is that they will use that to become engineers and enter the STEM fields in general. But okay, I have he, to, I'm going to interrupt you so you'll get a little, uh,
0: to two. Uh, well, actually, a 30-second background on me. I have two brothers, an ex-husband, a boyfriend, three sons, and three grandsons.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so I just want to tell
0: you who you're talking to so you know who you're talking okay. to.
1: Okay. All right? Okay, all right. <laughs> so you have totally been living in 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 a culture designed by men yes. for men. Um, Absolutely. That's, that's a, you totally get this. And okay. uncovering yourself really means, first of all, you have to know who you are and come to terms with who you are and what your deepest values are. Um, so to, to continue with Debbie with Debbie's story, she was, uh, she was taking an engineering class at Stanford University, and she was one of very few women in the class. The, the teacher humiliated her in front of the entire class when she got an answer to a question incorrect. And he asked the entire class, Whether she should be able to to finish the course and if she should get a grade in it, this humiliated her so much that she ran out. She was crying, and to his credit, one of her male one of the male students came out after her and persuaded her not to drop the class. She didn't drop the class, but what she did was it helped her to uncover this piece of herself, which is that she realized what she liked to do more than anything else was to design things. And that she had been trying to do it without being authentically herself. And so she, she came up with the idea then of creating this toy, this engineering toy for girls so that from an early age they could get the experience of the joy of creating and designing and building things. And she, she applied that same thing to her leadership. She said that she had, when she entered the business world, She tried to behave like the men around her, and she was not happy. It wasn't working for her. The people weren't happy with her. And she actually got a coach, and the coach helped her to realize, you know, you have to be yourself. You have to be you. And you you need to get in touch with those very characteristics that have made you who you are, and part of that is the socialization that we've had as women, which are now our superpowers. That's the good news. If we can uncover those characteristics, Those are our superpowers now, the collaboration, the empathy, the ability to listen, the willingness to actually think before we haul off and do something, Uh, you know, make a decision and and just do it. But one of the things things you just said before before
0: we do that, or that's part of it, which I think is really important, and you obviously talk about this in the book, but disruption. When you have a a disruption, if you see it as if you're able to use that disruption like she did to uncover yourself. I mean that's I think because I know you mentioned or I mentioned in the beginning how the in the wake of the pandemics that's a disruption that it was it's an opportunity or has been an opportunity for women to uncover themselves to see their strengths to be able to uh, I, to be able to see their powers in the context of let's say the pandemic. In her case it's that individual you know, being humiliated in the class. Instead, she stopped crying, I assume, and then was able to take a look at it, right?
1: Yeah. Well, yes, and if she didn't stop crying, that would have been okay, too. Because that's one of the other things. It's like, okay, so what if you cry? It's, you know, it's a a normal human emotion. But I appreciate the way you tied those two things together, Catherine, because I, I, you know, when I started the book, it was all going to be built around these women's stories. And then when the pandemic arrived, and then there was the second pandemic of the racial injustice that has been there forever, but now we people are more inclined to see it and recognize it for what it is, that it's been part of our culture. I realized that I couldn't, right just a leadership tools book that i needed to put it in the context of what's going on right now and absolutely disruption is opportunity this Disru- you know when you're in a period of disruption you're also in a period of potential rebirth and that means you can rethink everything and it does yep. mean that so many people are looking inside of themselves and are rethinking and are getting m- much clearer about who they are and what they value, and that is why so many people are changing careers right now.
0: Yeah, I, I'm reading these biographies of you know uh, Steve Jobs and Larry Ellison and Elon Musk and all these guys who are uh, billionaires, and wh- that's one of the things that they do. They have. They thrive on disruption, and then they take a look at themselves, and then they change, or they look at what's not working and what is Mm -hmm. working, but it's always whatever their personal disruption has been. It kind of sounds just like, it does sound like what you're talking about. There's another piece to this, though. What women would you say, because they're, let's say the women who are in politics right now, because they have a lot of power, influence, all of those, and who who are the women who are, we can look to as leaders? Cause some of them, I think tend to split us apart. And I was going to ask you this. I, I thought maybe I wasn't sure whether I was going to ask you or not, but take somebody like AOC, <laughs> but uh, let's talk. Can you mm-hmm. comment on, I mean, she's in a very powerful position. Is she leading us? Is she splitting us up or I, I want your take on it.
1: Oh, that's a, that's a great question. Question to ponder: I I, so she's certainly a disruptor. Mm -hmm. She 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 was willing to put herself forward and run for office in a district where a man had been in office for years and years and years, and people liked him. Um, He was, you know, a good legislator, just generally speaking, as far as people could tell. But she saw. a a moment in history. She saw a moment where things needed to change in her view. I mean, you may or may not agree with her, but she saw that that was a moment where she could disrupt the status quo. And she had the courage to go after it, and she took the action that she needed. One of the things I talk about in the book is is the VCA method of intentioning, which is you have to have the vision, and then you have to have the courage to believe you can achieve it, but if you just have those two things, it doesn't matter. You have to have the third piece, which is the A, the action. And sometimes you have to start taking action before you get the courage. <laughs> I know that's happened to me often in my own life. You have to like start, start moving and then somehow the courage comes to you. But AOC certainly exemplifies those attributes of intentioning. And to that, I, you know, I, 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 I have great admiration for her. Do I always agree with everything she says? No. Do I always agree with everything any any particular person in office says? Probably not. But but I, from the perspective of leadership and a leadership model, uh, certainly she is somebody who saw that there was a moment in time when when she could when she could take a stand when she had the vision to see herself in political office an unlikely candidate, and she had the courage to start working on it, and then she took the action that she needed to take until she got there. Now her challenge, of course, is to utilize that position strategically, and that is where I think political leaders often fall down. It's one thing to win a race. It's another thing to govern, Mm -hmm. and once you get into the process of governing, you have trade-offs. You have the challenge of staying true to your own convictions while while doing the Washington trade-off dance that goes on all the time, so uh, i I would say that that she's a leader, and you may or may not choose to follow her, but she is definitely a leader.
0: okay, let's take us down to because I read this I think in the in the beginning in the uh, in your bio, you're a former CEO and president of Planned Parenthood. so now now what's happening to Planned Parenthood? and how, to, which I think is terrible, uh, trying to dismantle it. Uh, what do, how, how does that fit into to what we as women need to do or should be doing?
1: I, I, I have just written an op-ed that I hope somebody will publish uh, that uh, that challenges the women who are the CEOs of Fortune 500 companies. And now there are 41 of them, by the way, which is still not not you know, it's not a huge percentage, but nevertheless, it's the highest number that we have ever had. Not one of those women would be where they are. Not one of them would be where they are if they hadn't had the ability to plan and space their childbearing, because that is the single most important thing a woman has to be able to do in order to be a full citizen, in order to be able to get an education, in order to be able to enter the workforce and, and, and consistently be able to stay in the workforce and earn money. So it, it, it's, these women need to stand up. All of, the, all of the millions and millions of women whose lives have been made better, healthier, uh, and, and and better in every way because they have had the ability to access reliable birth control and women's reproductive health care, they need to be standing up and speaking out right now. And and I challenge them to do so. And where can we see the op-ed page? It has a, are you <laughs> <saying> it? Are saying... Because that needs... Right now, yeah, right, yeah. right now... It, Yes. It has been written. It has been written and uh and, and I'm I'm aiming to get it published so maybe we'll send some good vibes to the uh outlets that I would most like to have publish it. Yeah. I, well, it should be in I, the New I, York I Times. Think, I do think well that's what I think too. So that's, yeah. <laughs> that's hello New York Times. Just so yeah. you know. Uh I've pitched it I'm pitching it to them right now. This minute. <laughs>
0: Okay, so, you know, we're, we've been talking about uncovering yourself and disruptions, uh, but there are other major changes or things we have to take a look at as well to help us be able to um, to get ahead, to be able to show how to do um, – the book is talking, obviously, about how we do these intentions. Okay, what else do we need to do? What else is critical?
1: I talk a lot in the book about how gender and racial justice and equality have to go forward together, or neither will be successful, most likely, because the system is set up to divide us, to keep us apart, but together we are invincible, and it's, it's uh, racism, sexism, homophobia, uh, anti-Semitism, all of these things are joined at the head, and they are all used as ways to keep us, quote-unquote, in our place. So that's number one. We need to to realize that and join together with with other like-minded people to make the kind of systemic change that needs to be made. Um, The leadership action tool, leadership, excuse me, leadership intentioning tools in the book include things like modulate confidence. There is a whole industry built up around selling women the idea that you have to be 100% confident. And the truth is, if you were 100% confident, you would never have the motivation to do anything different or better. If you are 100% confident, you can get really cocky and you can, you can just think that you know everything. So mod- having a little bit of modulation to your confidence is a good thing. Uh, it will help to motivate you to be learning always. It will help to motivate you to... Think about how you can do something better, how you can think bigger, better, stronger, how you can have higher levels of intention in your own career. Because as I said at the beginning, you have to see yourself and want to be in a leadership position in order to get it. You have to be willing to put your hand up. You have to be willing to self-advocate. So all of those things are harder to do when you have so much confidence that you already think everything is 100% perfect in your life.
0: So who's modulating their confidence that we're familiar with that we would know? Who's in the public? Who, you know, whether it's a politician, a celebrity, somebody who's in a leadership, somebody we look towards, look to for, uh, for
1: for leadership. Like, oh, that's that's that's. I, I love your questions. I, I, you know, I I don't know some of these people really well, but I, as I look at the women who are in those Fortune Five Hundred seats, I, I'm going to say I have really respected Mary Barra for the way, you know, she came up from the ranks, and I'm guessing she didn't always have total confidence that she was able to do the jobs that she was offered, but she took them, and she did them, and she has done them very well, and that's how she has continued her rise, because she just said yes. Um, I, I, um, you know, I, I think that there are probably, each one of us has been in that position at some time or another. The woman who I... Wrote about in terms of modulating confidence is uh, there's there's a, a woman whose story I especially love, Heli Rodriguez Prillaman, and I especially love it now because of the questions you've asked me about women in politics. So, so that's the punchline, and I'll get to it. Yeah. When I when I first met Heli, she was I was impressed with her because she had decided she was a she came from relatively humble roots in from small Texas town, which I related to because. I came from small Texas towns, and she had a vision of completely disrupting the nail tech industry. She was going to create a she was going to create a, a network of nail salons, and she was going to teach women how to make them their business, and so they could earn more money because so many of the women in the nail tech industry earn below minimum wage and are really not treated well. She had this great vision for what she was going to do, and she was starting to raise money for it. Then when the pandemic came, nail salons obviously were among the first to have to close down. Helly didn't have the resources to keep going. She became very depressed. She just stepped back. She just had to step back. She just, like, shut it down. I, I tried to... Reinterview interview all of the women I had spoken with before the pandemic because I wanted to know how they were and what they were doing, you know, in the midst of the pandemic. I could not get an answer from Hallie. I called her. I texted her. I emailed her. Mm-hmm. I, I tried to reach her on her social media. I, I, so I felt like she must be in a, just a deep depression. And it turned out I was right about that. But she's now pulled herself out of it. And guess what she's doing? she is moving back to texas and she's going to run for congress that's and the- she says and she she that's one of the things she says which is that that if you if you are already so confident that you know everything it will it will actually set you back you won't be willing to just take that giant leap and and go for you know if if you think you already are perfect why do you need to change? Why do you need to learn something new? Why do you do something different? There's no reason. That is re- uh, that is
0: well said. Obviously, and uh, congratulations for her. You know, I'm thinking this is a a, a book that I actually I listened to an Audible, Matthew McConaughey's book, who's from your home state, and yes. uh, <laughs> <laughs> in his book he ta- he does exactly. I, I know it's a man, but we're all group together. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he does exactly what you're saying. I think the book is Green, green Light. And uh, you get red lights, then you have to turn them into green lights. But take a look at yourself. Do all the things that you're saying. And of course, now he may or may not be running for governor. But it just made me think of, of him when you're, you're talking about her. And uh, that's a great story. Yeah, those that's exactly what we need to do.
1: Exactly. And And by the way, all of these techniques, of course, work for men as well as women. So Anybody can benefit from these, but, but my passion is to make sure that women have these tools and techniques at their disposal so that they can see themselves and then become what they see. Yeah. And we have
0: to start, I keep, you know, I say this a lot on my program, uh, but we really do have to start with our, and I think you talked about this in the beginning, but with our little girls. It really has to start at, not at age 40 or 45 or 50, but at age 5 or younger, um, we sort of ha- we have to impart these kinds of values that you're talking about. So it's the responsibility of, of parents to be able to do that. Um, so you have to, I think it was last week, when I was talking to one of my guests, you, know, you have to write a book for little girls as well with all of these things that you've been talking about but that apply to to little girls in elementary school.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. No question about it. And little girls need the role models, too. So they need to see... Their, their moms and other women in their lives practicing these tools. Yeah.
0: Well, I think one of the things that we've got, it's, this is a new paradigm, but uh, the paradigm of like you either stay home with your kids or you go to work or you do both and do it all. And those are our choices. And, and we kind of stuck with that. We have been stuck with that paradigm, which is not a good thing for us.
1: Nobody ever asked that of a man. Nobody ever asks the man, is, is, he, is he trying to have everything by having children and having a job?
0: Right. Is n- nobody, he going to stay home and nurse ever, the babies?
1: Nobody a- no. <laughs> no. N- nobody, nobody ever assumes that. And, and yet we do have a generation of men, and I think this is one of the best things that's happening right now. We have a generation of men who, who are much more inclined to want to be part of their children's lives. And I think that's going to help change the paradigm faster than almost I think that's true, anything. but one of the
0: things I think women really also have I feel have to be aware of not giving up those their power the good stuff I mean I hear these couples they talk about you know we're pregnant no we're not pregnant women are the only people who get pregnant we are parents but we are not pregnant that drives me crazy (laughs) and I'm laughing but I'm really I'm serious because it just takes away (laughs) we're not nursing we're not pregnant that's that's a
1: given (laughs) That's true, that's true. Yeah. I will never forget the first time i, I was I was uh, interviewing uh, some some men for a particular consulting role, and i uh, I can't remember somebody asked the question, which of course shouldn't have been asked, about whether whether he had children, and he said, "No, but we're planning to get pregnant in October." Yeah. <laughs> Good for you. Yeah. How are you going to do that? <laughs> I like, okay. I
0: hope. Good luck. <laughs> yeah. Good luck is right. Yeah. If you can do it. Uh, <laughs> we have two minutes left. That's it. We have to. So I want you to tell us where we can, what websites to go to for we. You know, we just touched on some of the themes in the book, but yes. so people can buy the book and follow you in terms of the work that you're
1: doing. Thank you. I, Catherine, uh, my personal website and there is, there is lots of information about the book and also you can download a free workbook that I designed to go with the book that gives you exercises you can use with the things that you can learn about in the book at gloriafelt.com. Um, forward slash intentioning or just go to gloriafelt.com and you can find it, find intentioning in the, in the navigation bar. So uh, you can find out everything and you can also click straight through to bookstores from there. Uh, the, uh, I just happen to know that Amazon has the largest supply of books so I don't usually recommend a particular place but, uh, but I, I, I know that they have a very large supply of these books so intentioning is is available readily uh, should be through any place you like to buy books and then take the lead is take the lead women.com and there you can find out about our training coaching and other services that we have and we have lots of free resources on the website as well you can follow me on any social media at gloria felt and uh, i i am a way on way too much on social media. So I love to interact with people on social media. So I hope you will follow me.
0: Great. Thanks so much for being on the show today. Uh, just a lot of great information, new information. And the title of the book is Intentioning Sex Power Pandemics and How Women Will Take the Lead for Everyone's Good. Thanks so much, Gloria Phelps.
1: Thank you, Catherine.
0: I'm Catherine Zox, your social worker with a microphone, and you've been listening to The Catherine Zox Show.